Hello, everyone listening. My name is Hana. Um, I don't know what to call myself. (laughs) (laughs) Labels are weird. (laughs) Luca asked me this. She's like, what do you want me to call you? A create, like a content creator, an artist. And I'm like, uh, <laughs> like, um, I'm everything and yeah, nothing. How do I'm, I put that into words? <laughs> I'm everything. Um, but yeah, that's me. <laughs> also, <laughs> yeah. So welcome beautiful people to another podcast episode. I thank you for being here. If you're new, welcome. If you're not welcome back. And we're kind of just going to kick start this off with a conversation that we're having and just allow this conversation to reach wherever it needs to go to allow the collective to hear what we have to share with you guys yeah um I could just tell them what we were briefly talking about before this yeah Um, Hallie and I were going back and forth about just substances in general it started us talking about um cannabis and then it led to psychedelics and other things and we were just discussing how they make us feel um what they mean to us and yeah we were just having a discussion and then Hallie was like why not turn it into an episode now I don't know where to start with what we were talking about though (laughs) um do you what specific thing was I talking about in the one voice message that was just like, it sparked a story for you? Yeah, you were um, talking about wanting to be involved in like medicine ceremonies and retreats and like being the supportive energy in those environments, not, well, of course, I'm sure eventually you'd want to be the one having the 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 experience on whatever Mm. substance but you were just talking about how you want to be a part of the you know holding space for people and I recently had an experience with my mom actually where she was on the the frog medicine combo Mm -hmm. um and I think I briefly told you I've never done it I've never um been a part of that in that way but I have had an experience where I got to like hold space for my mom while she was on the medicine Mm -hmm. and the story that um I felt like sharing with you but something told me to wait until on here awesome was that I don't know I I wouldn't call it a past life but we had like an energetic moment where we both could feel our connectedness and it reminded wow. me of how you said you're longing to like just hold like just to hug someone and just to remind them that like their heart beats and they're alive and they're love like all those things mm-hmm. I had that moment while my mom was you know going through the motions of the medicine and feeling a lot of that. Wow. I got to like I guess intuitively hold her and like put my hands my hands on her and like feel the energy move through her and through me and then like we both kind of came back to center through that I don't know why I felt like sharing that with you and on here but it was such a powerful experience and then you saying that you're longing for that I don't know what do you call it I don't know what to call it either but I don't think that there's anything wrong with sharing anything with the internet. I think 
what I'm feeling called to share right now is anybody that's more introverted that you're scared of being perceived through the internet, allow yourself to be perceived, surrender to that. And um, I think that you needed to share that. I think that you needed to be vulnerable with that. And um, I find that really, really beautiful, especially, so I have a huge mother wound and hearing you just being able to be passionate through through that and intrinsically be aware of what's happening with your mother and intuitively being able to guide her from mother to daughter is literally so powerful for not just your own lineage, your own generation for you and her, but for the collective, because people don't have that connections with the, with their mothers anymore. We have such a generational hurt around having a connection with their parents And there's this thing that happens when you hit puberty where you hate your parents. And I don't know why that happens, but it's a collective thing that all parents talk about, like the terrible teen years where we all like hate our parents and, you know, they feel bad. Like, I don't know what's help. So they retaliate against us and they kind of perpetuate something until you're like in your 20s where then you're willing to be more open with your parents and to learn and to sit with them and be like, okay, now I understand why you did that. Um, I was thinking about yeah um it reminded me of the fact that like during our teenage years is when so much information and like outside narratives and beliefs are just like just like dumped on us or like Mm. poured into us and then our soul is just like resisting that which is what creates that like teen angst you know like rebellious mm-hmm. like all of it because our soul is like yeah I don't want to listen to you I want to figure this out on my own but we're mm. being told what to do constantly yes oh my gosh I've been think- thinking about that exact same thing my mom has been push pushing a lot of things onto me and has been for a while but you know I've been on this new pathway as um, many of us listening and you included of you know, fully taking this into our own hands and being like, I'm going to do the healing. I'm not going to be the one that does this to my child and doing it out of observation. But so my mom, like projecting a lot of things onto me, I've told her like, I need, I know you want to help me and you being kind of like this, her way of showing love is in a very like, um, what's that kind of love? Tough love. And Although I do love that she does that, I have to explain to her, like, I understand that that's your way of saying I love you to me, but I need you to take a step back and to not project what's maybe going on inside your own head. And please, I need to figure this out on my own because you shoving your own idea of what my life should be like is not allowing me to perceive my own and is gaslighting me from allowing me to see my own intuition and following that guidance. Just to have your own truth. Right. Really. I, when I had that experience with my mom, the one thing she said to me afterwards was that through the process of like, I don't know, her medicine experience, she realized that her pain was also mine. And I think parents forget, like, even if you're not blood related to them, even if it's a family member or friend, like when we're around someone so much, their pain can become ours and vice versa and how Mm -hmm. you said your mom was just continually like trying to show her love but through a way that wasn't respective of like what you were going through Mm -hmm. it's so easy to forget that I don't know that we can absorb other people's 
I don't I don't know the word for it. I guess pain. Yeah, I was I was watching this documentary on Netflix and it's called Sex Love Goop and um there was one episode where uh these two couples their part of the healing was generational stuff and um one of them was just like I don't know why I always feel the need to cheat on my partners. And that's what she was trying to work on because this partnership that she had with this other woman, she was like, I don't want to do that to you. And so they did this thing called consolation therapy and I was sobbing. And actually after this, I was able to help Luca work through something. So I think it's one of my gifts to be able to channel through generational, you know, other people tap into that and be able to tell somebody like, Hey, forgive them or at least see their point of view. And this woman was, it was so beautiful. I don't even know how to quite put it into words, but she had um, different people pretend to be people from her family line. And she realized that her grandmother projected something onto her that was really, really interesting to witness. And her grandmother put on her mother saying, I have all this pain and I'm going to put this all onto you because I can't handle it. Her grandmother was like, yeah, her grandmother was like abused as a child. And um, she had so much pain that when she had a child, she told that child energetically, you have to have this. I'm not going to deal with this. I And it made her, her mom um, in so much pain where she had a channeled message come through in the constellation therapy where she's like, I am willing to kill you out of the pain because I can't handle this. Like the pain was so harmful to her daughter that mm. it was literally like, I'm going to put this huge backpack of rocks onto you and it almost kill you with this pain and you have to handle it and I'm not going to. And so it's passed down to then the granddaughter who was doing the constellation therapy and she was sobbing and she's like, yeah, my mom, she only has me. And so she projects a lot of things onto me thinking that I'm going to hold her space when I can barely hold my own. And the reason why she had to cheat in relationships is because that was her way of self-sabotaging because her dad did the same thing. Her dad cheated because her dad also took on the pain of her mother. And it was a lot. And so she was just sitting there sobbing. And I was like, wow, the fact that we can really see generational pain. And yeah, it does get transmuted to kids and for us to just take a moment to say I'm not taking this on that's actually for you to take on mom like stop projecting that onto me takes a lot of effort or even just to say like hey I'm going to take this on for you and I will work through this but it might not make you happy you know like when we trigger our parents and they hate us for a moment we're kind of like why do you hate me they won't ever say that they hate you, but they'll do things that make you feel like your parents hate you. And then it's because you're breaking through trauma that they refuse to witness within themselves. Yeah, like that, that, um, I don't know, like not taking responsibility for someone else's pain then reflects onto them where they, they, you're, you're reflecting something to them they can't see within themselves. Mm, yeah. I think I I saw I saw something that talked about how there was an experiment done on rats where they would release a certain scent as they would poke them with like a prod or something mm-hmm. and then for six generations like after that rat um 
all of the when the scent was like released the rats would hide and it was like i don't know hearing that i was like wow so the fear that six generations before us the fear of our ancestors is in Mm -hmm. our dna Mm -hmm. and that comes down to the same thing you were talking about just with that experience that you witnessed um i'm pretty sure i saw that episode is it on netflix yeah and then there's a bunch of other ones each episode is different yes yes yeah it when you were describing it i remembered how intense it was to witness that Mm -hmm. and i'm like wow that intensity is what's actually inside of that being you know being yeah yeah yeah. (laughs) i know (laughs) and then i'm like damn what's inside of me (laughs) right it's i was even watching a podcast episode i've been listening to aubrey marcus a lot over the past few months and i was listening to one with vailana his wife now and blue they're also really really good friend yeah i don't know if blue was because i know aubrey and vailana were one point like polyamorous i don't know if blue was in a relationship or how that was it doesn't really have anything to do with anything, but their connection is very, very deep. Yeah, All they have. Them. Yeah, yeah, I... yeah, definitely. And they, were, she was talking about how it's even the pain within having tenacity with another woman. Like when mm. this has happened to me, so I'm gonna think of an example. And I'm a lot of women connect, so maybe you'll even connect with your own story. Yeah. Um. So I was talking to this guy. This was in 2020. Um, I made the first move with him, you know, I really wanted to date him. I was kind of chasing him though. He wasn't like fully like wanting to, but he wasn't like saying no. And so it's like, okay, so like, we're going to start this relationship. And he's like, yeah, okay. And, um, <laughs> I, I, my friend <laughs> took out my other friend and they went to a dance together and he ended up going to this dance because it was his school. He ended up hooking up with one of my friends that was there and she knew that I liked him a lot. And so I blamed her I was like well fuck you like you knew I liked him but he was the one who made the first move but I still blame her and my other friend for going against my back but realizing that that's so innate in us because she was talking Vailana was talking about how back in the witch trials like a witch not a witch but a woman would have to throw another woman under the bus to be burned alive if needing to protect her own family yeah wow I just got chills I know that's what I did I did too yesterday and I was just like no wonder it's so ingrained in us to hate other women is we've been trained for like thousand like maybe not even a thousand years when was the witch trials like the 1600s so like but it but you know it's like who knows if it's been thousands of years (laughs) right Um, I the story that's coming up for me is just Mm -hmm. in childhood and like elementary school and middle school and you I don't know it's immediately ingrained to not only be in competition with others Mm -hmm. but to also I don't I don't know what the word is but like I just remember always viewing other other girls as competition yes trying to have that best friend trying to have that you know whatever it was for you and then that just continues on and continues on until you decide to break it Mm -hmm. it's like um also just drama like (laughs) how everyone talks about like girls love drama but it's like that's just the dark feminine wanting to be seen like dramatics are just someone 
who doesn't feel seen and is trying to like mm-hmm. up level their emotions in order for someone to notice that they're suffering yeah yeah exactly and the fact that then like we don't want to blame anybody but the masculine has projected this onto us and then they're the one who's saying well women they're so dramatic I'm like so you're pushing another narrative onto us then to divide us even more and it's so hard to not have anger anguish towards the masculine because before you know you go to back when there was like Celtic was like a huge thing women there were so tightly knitted and so then when like things started spreading witch trials started happening women were still so tightly knitted and the masculine in the church was like no fuck you like you can't have any kind of power here and Vailana was also talking about how or or, no Aubrey made this point I loved I want to that man I love him I love everything he says I love how he empowers the feminine so much but not in a manipulating way like he's so authentic within wanting to rise the feminine but also knowing what the masculine takes part and he's done a lot of work you can you can see it especially when he shows emotion Mm -hmm. and what you what you were saying made me think about how women are seen as like patty and dramatic and men are seen as like not stupid but they're like they're kind of like in their own little world of like I don't know (laughs) like they're just not in tune with the things Mm -hmm. that are going on like energetically where women are can be too much into it yeah and that's seen as a threat and so what he was saying was it's banned in some countries for women to get together for like a medicine circle like they can't have community like in Iran Mm. or is Iraq that's what's happening right now where women if they're not wearing hijabs they're killed they're like shot on the streets and she she and Aubrey were both crying um on the podcast and was saying like women are literally willing to go out without a hijab to purposely get shot for this cause they're willing to kill themselves to prove how big of a fuck you that we're trying to rise the feminine for and when people talk about the feminine we get chills within our whole spine that's because the generations for hundreds and hundreds of years before us is cheering so loudly for us they're saying yes and the masculine is finally starting to turn there's more and more men every single day who are willing to uplift the feminine and see women as queens and not in the way of women have to be dominant but in the way of I'm going to empower you to be in your highest power for you to share your gifts with the world. And that is beautiful. And the fact that the only reason why some countries ban women creating community is because they know how powerful it is, how much exactly authenticity we bring into the world. That made me think about just systems in general. Mm -hmm. Um, I know that before, I mean, I don't even know because history is weird because I feel like all of it is like it's not accurate in terms of what I know to be true but like Mm -hmm. before this patriarchy that we've been in for I don't even know how long it was like our world was in a matriarch which is the motherly energy and that's when indigenous tribes and all of those things were were the dominant aspect on earth but the patriarchy took away that feminine essence in both men and women and that's why like people like Aubrey Marcus they've honored their own femininity to be able to look at a woman and know their power and be able to know how to protect it because the men are the protectors the women are the I don't know 
the givers. The healers? The givers? Yeah, the healers. Yeah. I don't know. That's just like, that's obviously like an archetype, but mm-hmm. you know what I mean? Like, to be yeah. able to see a woman's power, you have to be able to see your own. And most men are disempowered in this world, and most women are in the same place. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, I'm kind of thinking out loud. It's kind of blowing my mind. <laughs> I'm I like, love- yeah, damn. I get what you mean. Yeah, I love those moments. And it's, I'm trying to think of the words I'm thinking of. It's It's, so hard to put it into words because it's so beyond us. I know. It's, exactly. I don't even think there's describing words for what I'm trying to think or say. But I was just talking to one of my guy friends. We were sending videos back and forth. And I was just like, I hope that you in this life are able to cultivate a relationship with a woman that doesn't have to be sexual. Because men, it's not, I I really want to get rid of the ideology that to saying fuck all men, because that's not helping anybody. Yeah, that's another issue. Yeah. (laughs) A whole other issue. Yeah, I grew up, like, finally waking up to, you know, feminist and being a feminist. And I went through a whole year of telling every single man who crossed the line, fuck you. I never want to talk to you again. I don't even know what feminism means anymore, because... It's been dominated by just suppressed women who, mm-hmm. I don't know, use it as a coping mechanism or as, like, we all can see, like, the shit going on. So we're just not going to deal with it and we're just going to put up these gigantic walls. But then there's also yeah. women who are trying to do something with it. Mm-hmm. But it's not the majority, which is such a tough thing. I think I've stopped using, I used to be the same way. I'd be like, I think I'd, I'd always ask people, are you a feminist? But <laughs> looking too. back, I'm like, what does that even mean? Yeah. And then like the other day, um, I was on the phone with somebody I haven't talked to in a long time. And he was saying some things that were really pissing me off. But instead <laughs> of saying like, like he was saying some very like, he said in the total that he likes, um, what's his name something Andrew Tate and I was like okay well okay I don't even know what that is I actually have no idea I was not in tune with whatever that was so I have no idea what that means (laughs) that's valid so basically (laughs) Andrew Tate is this guy the only reason I had it is because somebody reposted it um because I'm very away from that kind of stuff now um but somebody reposted it and so I kind of got in a loophole of him basically he's this kind of like womanizer I don't know if that's the right word but he is a in my eyes I'm gonna call him a womanizer he he oh god I don't know how to describe him he's this guy who thinks that men and women are two very different things that men have to provide for a woman that a man has to be physically and mentally strong and that makes a man a man and a woman has to be so he's stuck in like like renaissance times yeah literally this man should have a sword and be riding a horse and that's all like i don't wow okay what that that makes me sorry to cut you off do you know no no, you're just your thought um someone that i work with was telling me about how in renaissance times um like women were actually treated better than they are now because they were not forced, but encouraged to, like, explore themselves artistically. Ooh. Even though, obviously, there was so much other crazy 
you know, eventful things going on where people were dying and such, and it wasn't as safe. But mm-hmm. compared to now, women back then were actually treated better. So in a way, he's yeah. kind of right, but then also not. <laughs> yeah, it's like the was... same as like women should be in the kitchen, men <sighs> should be working or whatever. Yeah, it's like, yeah. What does that even mean? Yeah, exactly. And so I was trying to, I was, so instead of just being like, I really want to hang up the phone and just be like, like literally fuck you. Like a part of me was just like, no, because like, why that am I man, entertaining this? Yeah. Yeah. I was just like, I really don't want to entertain that part of me. So I, I was just like, instead of saying like, you're bad and wrong or okay, like people pleasing saying, oh, I get what you mean. Because when I was younger, when a man would say something he should not have said or he did something and made a move where he should have not without consent. Okay, wait, let's not call it, let's not call them men. Yeah. What do you want to put the word to? Boys. Boy. Yeah, I like that. <laughs> because, Little boys. Wait, because even, some, sorry to cut you off again. No, this no, is short, but I, I can't like look at someone like that and even even people who are like quote unquote adult men they're not mm-hmm. men they're just big kids in a big little boys yeah so let's call them boys all right so yeah i was talking <laughs> to this little boy and this little man child i'm gonna call it that i was talking to a man child and so just like instead of you know telling him to fuck off or you know people pleasing and saying i get what you mean like playing like the submissive little woman i was just like no so i was just like oh interesting and he's like well what is your opinion i'm like well as you can tell so far i don't like andrew tate and he's like well why and i'm like i think that men and women the only difference is genitalia and yeah we have different hormones but a man is able to be just as sweet and you know, pure as a woman is in his true form. And it's not about being a dominant or submissive person. It's about finding the perfect balance between the feminine and masculine. And this guy just did not get that. And he's like, well, and I like, he kind of dabbled into more. And I was just like, so this is coming down to you needing control. The only reason you need this is because you didn't have control as a child. So you now need the control now. Damn, how And he was getting so pissed off. And I was like, I know I was hitting. Because when people get mad at that kind of stuff, you hit the exact point. And I know I planted some kind of seed in him. And I was really happy um, that I brought yeah, that up. Yeah, that's all we really can do is plant right. seeds. Yeah, yeah, that's exactly. It. So I don't know why I was sharing that. But anyhow, so I... I just feel bad for them, for these boys that will never see the beauty that a woman can bring in other than her submissiveness. And I think like, they'll see it eventually. Yeah. They might be like on their deathbed, but they might no, see yeah, it. that's what I mean. Like everyone yes. will see it eventually. Mm, but also right. a part of me believes that those types of people have to exist in order for people like us to yes it's just does that make sense no that makes 100 percent sense yeah because the more i've realized those things that you're talking about that maybe maybe some people are still trying to figure out what that means to them Mm -hmm. or trying to like translate what they've experienced into like what they can do to change that yeah i mean a part of me like the more i learn more about myself i look around and i'm like if everyone like knew what was going on in the ways that I do or in mm-hmm. ways that any people that I admire do, mm-hmm. like what would be the, 
the point or like how would we bounce off each other to be able to like mirror each other and learn but then also it can get exhausting too so there's like the the dance of the polarities that I'm constantly just going back and forth with in my mind does that make sense like do you feel like you learned something from talking to that that boy about yourself yeah I definitely did and that's the exact same thing that is going on inside my mind is like my mom or my sister or my dad they'll say something and it triggers the fuck out of me and I really (laughs) just want to be like I really just want to slam my door and scream like fuck you and just be like you're a shitty person but instead I go in my room I cry a little bit and I'm like oh my god I needed to hear that because when we are around people let's also talk about like the stab I can't say the actual word on here because it will be triggered for COVID-19 and I don't even want that on here but the stab and I'll talk to somebody and they'll have the opposite view of me and I'm they so they tell me I'm wrong and bad and I'm gonna kill people and fuck you and I look at them and I'm like you know what you're allowed to have a difference of opinion and this I don't really want to talk about this with you but it's okay you have a different opinion and that validates me and my opinion even deeper knowing that somebody else has a difference of opinion than I do yeah it's crazy because you're the only person I've ever talked with about it I have not had one instance where someone asked me my opinion or vice versa. Wow. I don't really know why. Maybe it's because I actually forgot about it. Subcon- yeah. Like, consciously, I chose to just it, maybe ignore it. I don't know. But um, what was I going to say? I lost my train of thought. <laughs> it's okay. Um. Damn it. No, you can continue. I'll yeah, I'll, I'll try to figure and, out where it went. Yeah, when you have the thought, interrupt me. Um, also, I don't have any problem with, like, you interrupting me. I, I think when we have something to share, I think it's a weird societal norm to be like, fuck you, you cut me off. Like, if you really have something to say. <laughs> you know, I like, ask you because it. I ask you because my mom always gets mad at me about it. When I interrupt her, mm-hmm. she'll, she'll lose it. So then whenever I have something to say. I wait very patiently and I'm like, can I <laughs> like, so thank you for saying that because sometimes yeah. I'll just blurt stuff out. But then other times I'm like, okay, I'm waiting. <laughs> yeah. It's, it's our neurodivergent mind. See when I'm like in the middle of a really important thing, like sharing my feelings and somebody cuts me off, then I'll be like, never That's do that again. That's true. It's a different story when it's like emotionally charged. Right. But if it's like, yeah, like a conversation like this, there's these rules that were adopted from England that are just ridiculous. Like you can't burp, you can't talk about farts, like you have to say please and thank you. And I'm literally just like, I won't do it. Like my grandmother wants me to write her a thank you letter every time she gives me a present. I tell her thank you and I tell her I love her in person, but she still wants me to write her a letter. And to me, that just pisses me off because A, that's a waste of paper. And B, I see it though. I think about like their generation. That's what right. like holds a value to them is like tangible. My grandparents are mm-hmm. like that. I have to like, um, whenever I get money from them, they always want some sort of like tangible thank you. Not necessarily a, mm-hmm. a, a like an item, but like yeah. they want that like those words where they can like l- refer back to them almost. Oh, I remember what I was going to say when you were talking about the difference in opinions, talking about the jab. Mm -hmm. 
I saw this TikTok video where someone was like, when someone shares something with you, either like, un- like without you asking them anything or share something that like really triggers you, but you're trying to like respect them, just be like, oh, I'm sorry. I'm not the right person for you to share that with. <laughs> and then like, oh, I like that. Let's just leave it and see what happens. Or sometimes <gasps> when someone says something that, I'm just like, where that was so unprovoked. I'll just go silent and let them fill the space with their words until they just kind of like talk it out for themselves. Ooh. Have you ever done that before where someone says something and you just kind of go silent? Yeah, I. Some people will leave because Mm -hmm. they're uncomfortable with silence. I'm very comfortable with silence. But then some people will fill it with words and then kind of like ramble themselves out of whatever they were talking about yeah I was I just watched a pod uh, not a podcast I just watched a TikTok on that and it's like um it was this polyamorous couple talking about it and they were on a podcast and they were just like when somebody is kind of like taking up a lot of space and not allowing you to talk yeah what you have to do is just go silent (laughs) stare at them give them three nods to what they say and they'll just keep talking and talking and talking until they work their way back around to what they'll realize that they're doing and be like oh like I didn't mean to do that like here you want some air time you want to talk now but allowing them to fully get it out I think is a good thing too totally my mom um the other day because at this like I work at this like health food store and so I'm obviously having lots of interactions with like co-workers and customers and she told me that um, I don't know if she does this with her clients because she's she does energy work and like coaching, I guess you could call it. Mm-hmm. Um, but she told me that when you're ever having a conversation with someone and you like internally just really want them to shut up. But obviously you can't say that because yeah. that's not cool, you know, or it's just not what you'd want to hear while right. you're talking, no matter what the subject, just physically or not physically mentally or energetically imagine like all your energy centers closing off and you're just like a mirror for them and so whether that's going silent or just like taking a deep breath and like listening and not absorbing you can like imagine your receptors closed so you're not like absorbing what they're saying but you can still let it be what it is like you said holding space yeah I like that I'm definitely gonna utilize that for sure and I started doing it and I could feel the difference like or like the the triggered feelings kind of melt away like I realized that at least for the last few weeks for me with all the eclipse shit going on I've been absorbing so much of other people's Mm. like thoughts or just Mm -hmm. you know things and I had no idea Right. Yeah. I think my energy centers have been cracked wide open. (laughs) Yeah. And when there's that expansiveness, then there's also more vulnerability for you to. Yeah. Yeah. I feel like my auric field is like huge. And I have. (laughs) Yeah. I don't know if you've ever experienced this, but I've had some really, really deep meditations with like practitioners of like energy healing. And 
they make me feel like a giant and I spoke that out and they're like that's your energy field expanding I'm like I feel like I am like as tall as Empire State Building and they're like your energy (laughs) field is huge so I think the bigger your energy field is too the more energy that you're subconsciously like grabbing and you're like bringing them into your field because you're curious yeah wow that just connected the dots for me on like we were briefly talking I don't was it yes I don't know days what are days (laughs) but we were talking about traveling and you were talking about like how much you want to see things and just get out in the world and I was telling you that I feel like weirdly enough I've seen so much already that I'm very much a homebody Mm. where was I going with this oh just that like with that expansiveness that we feel within like just how much space we take up Mm -hmm. me living in like busy coastal cities my whole life it's so difficult for me to be around a lot of people I don't know what it is but like my head starts to compress and Mm -hmm. I get really like bitchy and moody (laughs) and like all things that you could label as one thing that I have been like as a as a child too but like now being aware of that, I've had or I'm I'm learning how to like direct it in places. Because if you how you feel like the Empire State Building, like the, you still have to like put it, put that energy somewhere. Right. right? Or like I, I know you're in school and yeah. there's probably a lot of things you navigate too. Um, I'm curious to know like how that feels for you or just with all of the new things that you're realizing. I, oh boy, so this time, <laughs> oh boy, yeah, so this time, Luca witnessed that I talk about all the time. She was here during my like the worst ever somebody yeah. could ever be there for me. Like, that was right after, like, a few months after I had like that rough high, and a lot of subconscious beliefs were just coming up, and I was super anxious. And I was working through high from, from marijuana, yeah, high from marijuana, gotcha. Um, I was working through a lot of things and I was having panic attacks all the time and like really really hard ones where some days I woke up and I'm like I don't want to live today like just let me be in my cold dark room the rest of the day but I couldn't because something in me well something in me was just like you have to get through it and so I went from being super agoraphobic from not wanting to leave the house because around people like when you have panic attacks your energy center is literally wide open for reception and so I felt like wherever yeah, I and your nervous system is activated, so you're like in yeah. fight or flight. Yeah, and like to an extreme extent. And so I, I didn't ever want to leave the house. And so I went from that basically like hermit mode all summer to going back to school like full time and starting a job like at a coffee shop, being around like hundreds of people a day and having to take on my coworkers' energy subconsciously and then dealing with my own anxiety. Yeah. And it was a lot. And I would come home and I would just cry and cry and cry. And I would talk to Luca and she's like, you just have to be in your own energy and just like take a day for yourself. But my parents are also like workaholics in my opinion. And I'm not allowed to sleep in, in my household. I'm not allowed Mm -hmm. to around I have to do work and if I don't have work making money outside of my house I have to there's no space for you to rest like actually take a deep rest yeah yeah and so my body I 
the past month everything shifted because I quit my job and I am switching schools (laughs) and it's a huge jump but something inside me is just like you cannot risk your nervous system for money or for this kind of education people want to put on you because I was going to a school that I started college classes when I was a sophomore in high school and yeah that's crazy to me (laughs) yeah and it was so intense and every single fall I would have like a almost like a psychotic breakdown where I'm just like I can't do this anymore but everybody's just like you have to be in the school like you're gonna get college credits like you're taking college classes this is awesome you're gonna be two years ahead they're projecting like the importance of it yeah yeah and not really being mindful of my energetic state and so this year I was um the beginning September and October I was taking a like college it was a high school but it's called college material chemistry and college math yeah that on top of working four to five days a week I I was just like I can't do this and nobody like listening and then I mentioned to my friend I was like hey our other friend left the school and went to this like online type place that's down the road what's your thought? And we were joking. We're like, yeah, fuck this school. We're going to go do that. (laughs) My friend didn't think I was serious, but I went to my mom that night and I said, Hey, so-and-so is going to the school. It's online. All he has to do is three more credits instead of 12. Like if I didn't switch schools, I had like nine more, nine to 10 more credits to do. And I wouldn't be graduating until May, but the school that I'm transferring to that I started on Monday, I'll be done by Christmas and like, I have a lot more freedom and range and um, I only have three classes to take instead of like seven classes. Yeah. So super excited about that. And so I talked to my mom and I was just like, Hey, like, can I switch? And she was like, okay, fine. And so I got all the information, talked to the people at this place and now I'm switching. And my friend thought I was joking and I wasn't. And so here I am, but the energetic, the energetics especially is like a really deep feeler like me you elena gracie and luca are and many many others our energetic field is always cracked open and to be in these environments that don't understand us is suffocating and crippling to us yeah and it, it and then it like i just remember being in school and my own beliefs were constantly getting confused with others Mm -hmm. and then I'd like come home and it'd just be like cycle after cycle (laughs) like I rarely know what day it is but being in school just amplified that like what's it called I don't know it I guess this association really Mm -hmm. from like my wants and needs and it gets it gets confusing when everyone else is also trying to manage their own and what their parents told them and what their parents told their parents and what the teachers are telling you and like all the information being pumped into you it's mm-hmm. nuts yeah and especially like I know me you and a bunch of us were like big conspiracy theorists and we question everything <laughs> we and... big conspiracy <laughs> people... I don't know if I would call myself that but I yeah. maybe used to be well, you question everything, right? Like, you don't just, like, people yeah. that, t- that I guess yeah. that's what I'm calling it. Like, we're questioners. And okay. just because somebody tells <laughs> us, you know, like, oh, yeah, this is the norm. You have to do this. I've always been like, well, why? And they're just like, that's just yeah. how it is. And I'm like, can I have a valid reason as to why I should do this bullshit of a thing? Like, Exactly. And 
that thought that you just shared made me think about the fact that everyone who's telling those those things is also trying to like like reason with it themselves and their soul yeah and for us to ask questions like that it's butting up against like the the programs that they've been running for god knows how many generations because like it's the same as like being a mirror for someone emotionally or whatever and they can't see where you're coming from it's the same thing when you ask a question to someone who's not even consciously like thinking about it Mm -hmm. it's like they're like what what do you you want to do something different yeah (laughs) like they can't there's no i don't they can't comprehend it there's no room for growth up there yeah at least not for a lot of people that i think we're talking about right yeah it's like so for right now like we had this whole conversation about wisdom teeth and in my heart i was just like there's no reason for me to get them removed i've talked to the dentist and they're just like well you have one impacted tooth and i'm like so you want all of my teeth out like obviously You're talking about your fears with yeah. getting the wisdom teeth out because i just had mine out yeah and gotcha. yeah um and so i was i was just upset at that because in my mind in my intuition my gut is just like you need to keep these teeth like <laughs> whatever reason you need to keep them and So I went to the dentist and after like screaming and crying because I was just like, fuck you, I'm not getting them out. A, because I don't like anesthesia. B, I don't like needles. But also because like our teeth are there for a reason. Like we're made with those teeth and doing my own research. Like they're made there because our ancestors, they had, didn't have access to like soft foods that we have now, but they had, you know, hard meat and nuts and they had to crack them with the back of their teeth. Kind of like how deer eat. And Um, Because deer don't have front teeth. They only have these back teeth to, like, chow down on, like, harder things. And so doing all this research, I've come to the conclusion that I don't even have to get them out. And my parents are now on board, so I'm not going to get my wisdom teeth out. Um, And there's so many ways. But people are upset at me that I'm questioning their judgment. The dentist is pissed off at me. And, you know, my, (laughs) my siblings that had to get theirs out, they're just like, no, you can't do that. And I'm like, here's proof. Like, I don't need to get them out. And I know exactly what I need to do. Well, do you have pain? Or, like, that's my only question. Because I... I felt similarly and I was very scared. I just, except I just chose not to even think about it. Yeah. But then, like, I don't know, a month before I got my surgery, I just was having, like, intense pressure in my jaw. And I'm like, damn, okay. So this is happening. (laughs) Like, I had one of those moments. And then I just had to, like, Surrender. surrender to it. I think I told you briefly about how they left me hooked up to my like the heart monitor oh yeah um for 45 minutes so I was trying I was like sitting in this hospital room or not hospital dentist room just listening to the beep 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 for 45 minutes my mom was so pissed off and I don't like, blame her there's so many things like that but in those moments I'm like okay I'm here and I'm just curious, if, do you have any pain or is it majority of just outside it's, people? Yeah, it's not. Um, I have uncomfortability in my teeth, but I always do. So my teeth are super, super sensitive. And I already have three caps on my teeth where they had to drill down 
the actual tooth to a nub and put on this metal cap. And it's pissed me off because the dentist has literally failed me. There's so many holistic ways of making yeah. my teeth healthy. And so I'm just like in my mind and I was like arguing. Was I was really arguing. upset. Yeah. Right. Yeah. I was like screaming at Luca. Like me and her were both like shitting on the dentist. Like the dentist <laughs> just did a traumatic thing to Luca. And I'm like, I know, like, fuck them. I hate this field. Like all they want is money and dabbling in and going to a holistic route of dentistry the dent the holistic dentists don't recommend you get your wisdom teeth out at all and they said the only reason why traditional dentists do is because they get a lot of money to recommend you to an orthodontist to get them removed or to an oral surgeon it's a lot of money to get these teeth removed and it's so special to them that they and it's such a normalized thing um so I've always had uncomfortability in my teeth and I feel them coming in and like the surface where the gums are like being like broken through it's uncomfortable but I oil pull with coconut um oil to help with the bacteria and I have homeopathics that help my that are going to help my teeth like grow stronger and come in and there was this x-ray that I was talking to this woman on this group chat on Facebook that's where I'm getting all this information from and um this woman had four impacted wisdom teeth um and the dentist is like you have to get them out if not like your jaw is gonna rot and like like all this shit (laughs) and this lady just did homeopathics and homeopathics work by um vibrations to work with your body to change a state in your body and i've grown up in homeopathics so like i i definitely believe in them and the wisdom teeth the impacted wisdom teeth shifted and she's completely fine she's 40 now and never had to get them out when they told her that her yeah they so I was just so pissed and the things that like they normalize at the doctors and the one that I share with people they don't do them they look at me like I'm crazy and I'm like why do you think it's normal why do you not question anything why do you just go along with the play and people that think that oh you can go um, I was just going to say, it just reminds me the same way, because I 100% feel you on the dentist stuff. I have a friend who's in her 70s, and she is the type to, like, go down the rabbit hole with that stuff, too. Mm-hmm. But it just reminds me of doctors, too, and, and antibiotics, and, like, birth control, and, like, all the things. Yeah. And I used to be so freaking angry, like, enraged by that stuff, but then a part of me was, like, damn I actually feel bad for all these people that they think what they're doing is like the end-all be-all or like yeah you know what I mean they really believe that what they're doing is the only right way like they're in that right or wrong yeah like mind Mm. mind frame or whatever I like the way you put that because yeah it's not much of an anger anymore it's just a sadness it's kind of like yeah or just frustration yeah. yeah, or like a little bit of disappointment. <laughs> like, you know, yeah. when your parents are just like, I'm not mad at you. I'm just disappointed. That's how I am. <laughs> like, I guess and- it's also your chance to maybe prove to yourself that you have that power too. Because mm-hmm. obviously I, I didn't have the chance to do that, nor nor did I feel like, I don't know, I just really accepted it and had my own like death and rebirth through the process of it. Mm-hmm. It wasn't fun. But it was what it was. And so hearing mm-hmm. your perspective, I'm like, damn, maybe that's your chance to, like, do something about it. Or I don't yeah. know. Yeah. Because if you're feeling so, um, I don't know, passionate about what it is you're discovering, then there's a reason behind it, you know. Yeah, I like the way you put that. 
like just because it didn't wasn't like that for me doesn't mean it's not different for you you know or that's Mm -hmm. what I'm realizing in this moment Mm -hmm. yeah it's (sighs) yeah it (laughs) yeah (laughs) it kind of just like saddens me for people too that think it's so normal to have like 28 health issues and to be on like 13 different pills like I have a friend who has like five different health issues and I also have friends who started off on birth control at the age of like 12 and now they're on SSRIs for anxiety and antidepressants yeah that was almost me oh yeah that... I was on birth control from 13 to 15 and then I had an IUD for like a year and a half and it was oh just so awful I think I was talking to Luca about how like this is kind of personal but I just feel like mm-hmm. sharing I can't yeah even really like I guess I can't even really masturbate in in a way that like feels Mm -hmm. good because of the things I've experienced both from the birth control aspect and then also back to what we were talking about with like big like just boys yeah the way that society just all of it you know Mm -hmm. and it's a such a tough subject to yeah. try and navigate like like how do we function in this place state <laughs> like mm-hmm. i think that that is your journey within sexuality and everybody has such yeah, a diverse 100%. way yeah like me i always had like my own shame but there was no reason to have shame because i i always yeah, you just I... had it yeah right yeah it's so innate from generations too and you know me discovering my own pleasure within my own body and I think everybody is just it's a revolution for you to then one day be able to say this is my pleasure and I'm going to have it and nobody's yeah, going to stop mine. me right and taking back that power yeah yeah so That's another thing with like growing up as women it's mm-hmm. like I can't speak for men on this aspect but like girls from the minute were popped out the womb were like sexualized yeah I mean not necessarily as a baby but you know what I mean there's that aspect of things where like there's just some weird stuff like like even like I remember learning about like shaving mm. as like a 10 year old and I'm like yes what and then I obviously fell into it for a while but then now I don't shave I don't shave any part of my body and that has been a huge way to like reclaim me like how you said like doing it for you it's yours Mm -hmm. yeah I I love the fact that we are put into boxes and then we can expand from them and it infuriates people like me (laughs) I started like being able to grow my armpit hair but I get comments from family members and it infuriates them to see me with armpit hair and so my armpit hair is now long because I've let it grow out for like that's me too four months yeah and I know Luca and Gracie grows out her out out theirs too and it infuriates older people to see that bodily hair and it's I think it's funny to reclaim that and just to love the fact that we're growing it out and laugh at people that think that it's wrong. Yeah, my dad thinks it's disgusting and it also used to trigger the fuck out of me. Mm -hmm. But then slowly I was like, wait, the fact that he thinks that is so funny. 
Yeah. <laughs> like, like all I can do is laugh. What else can I do? And then right. I remember being, obviously, I'm not sure how your older family feels about it. But for me, my family that's older, like my grandparents, mm-hmm. my grandpa just refuses to acknowledge it. And my grandma is just like, oh, you're just doing, you're just doing a European look. And like, I think oh. once I admitted to myself that I didn't, I wasn't doing it for the sake of other people seeing it. Mm-hmm. It started just to become funny, like it, yeah. Or when I do see, um, like it used to bother me when I see everyone like constantly or in school talking mm-hmm. about like body hair in a gross way or like oh I haven't shaved, all those things. Eventually, mm-hmm. I'm just like okay, and <laughs> like yeah, or I just don't even hear it anymore when I am faced with it. It's such a weird topic. I feel like the fact that we're quote-unquote supposed to be hairless, it just reminds me of, like, pedophilia. Yes, yes. Like, that's what you saying we're conspiracy theorists, and I was like, Mm -hmm. no. But, I I mean, I kind of sound like it now. (laughs) See, that's all on a label I can give it, but we're just Uh, questioners. Yeah. But, like, why are we supposed to be hairless unless we're trying to look like babies right and that like circles back to what I was sharing about like these little men and these little boys like these grown baby men that (laughs) uh, it's like they you know instead of you know automatically shooting down when a man or even a woman makes fun of us and our body and our innate nature to be human it's accepting what they're going to say and just being curious about it like when that guy was making those comments about yeah. women and how they be, have to be submissive and how a man has to take care of them and instead of me being like fuck you I was just like hey like do you want to elaborate on this and then it was actually turned into an open conversation instead of an argument and at least yeah. I could learn his perspective of this this guy on this planet and he could hear my perspective and then also sharing with my other guy friends like um, going back to pedophilia and hypersexualization, men don't know how to have female friends without there being sexual attraction. And that saddens me because to have sisterhood, to be so seen and heard deeply by you, Elena, Luca, and Gracie, it heals me so deeply. And then it also saddens me when my parents don't have that connection to friends or my yeah. siblings don't have those deep connections to friends. They're not seen or heard, but the masculine, they don't understand. Like there's this very specific picture that I've shared in my last podcast episode um, of this artist who painted women just sitting in the kitchen topless, eating bread and drinking coffee, talking to each other. And that's what sisterhood is. It's just being our naked, authentic selves. And it's okay. And we love that about ourselves and each other. Yeah. I'm without, just I'm yeah. processing everything. <laughs> yeah. And without it being sexual, like in Europe, um, so I am my family's Finnish, um, from Finland. And I have a Finnish traditional sauna here where basically it's a changing room and then there's benches and a hot stove where you wash up and you're in there butt ass naked. And <laughs> growing up telling people like yeah, me and my family, we take saunas, and they're like, do you wear swimsuits? And I'm like, no, I see everybody's, like, body parts, and they found that so disgusting and weird. 
me, I grew up that way because Europe, they don't hypersexualize. But here in the United States, yeah. to see your mother's boobs or your dad's like penis, it's so obscurely wrong. But in, it's a body. Like a body is a body until you make it sexual. And no organs on the body are inherently sexual until you make it so. I mean, the church, I mean, specifically in you know mm-hmm. America, the church is what? Or the Catholic church. That's yeah. where it, like, originated. And I'm not sure how deep, like, I'm not sure about the deep explanation of it, but I know, like, just that's why people were supposed to be modest and all those things. Mm-hmm. I mean, I grew up similarly. My, f- like, family specifically wasn't always, like, nude, but my mm-hmm. mom was, like, always walking around the house in underwear or <laughs> no clothes or, like, we'd all take baths with her. You know, she was very open about it. Yeah. And I, to be honest, I don't even know why. But um, I know people who, like, never, like, never saw, like, a naked human body, male or female, until, like, they had, or, like, until, like, porn. Or, mm-hmm. like, looking up things on the internet. And then that yeah. creating, you know, this, like, illusionary sexual, like... I don't know world Mm -hmm. that just made me think that like the internet and porn and all of these things is like the main fuel as to why men not men boys (laughs) boys can't not only like see themselves as sensual like loving beings but then look at women in a way where they you know like the protective aspect or the I don't even know if I like protective, but just honoring each other as being equal. Like, that doesn't exist in porn. And that also, like, female pleasure doesn't exist in porn. Oh. Like, at all. Yep. I, so, I made a podcast episode about this two nights ago. And I've been doing my own research on the porn industry because there's so many things that are wrong with it. So, I... Was told also, about the, the fact that, like, OnlyFans is such a big thing. Oh, yeah. Like, when I, mean, I just briefly, I'll, mm-hmm. I'll, I don't want to interrupt you. No, no, no go, but, go, what you were saying. Um, like, in my last, and only, like, mm-hmm. long-term, like, my only relationship is what I call it, because it, that's what it was. Not that I hadn't had other experiences, but, like, he always was like, oh, when we turn 18, like, we're, we're going to do that because we'd make so much money. And from a childlike perspective, um, looking back, I'm like, damn, like me and all of these other girls probably think the same thing that like our bodies are something that we have to like, or like, do you know what I mean? Like, yeah, feeling so detached from who we are, mm-hmm. that we need to like, prove it more or like I don't I don't know yeah Do you know a what lot I'm of, to say yeah a lot of men no not men little boys they <laughs> they think that they've been trained to think that women are just a warm hole to put their dick in and it's so <laughs> sad like that's literally out of my most honest truth but also like, but also yeah. to like play like the mom role too oh I like like, yes. like subconsciously mm. of course Right. But, like, the amount of even just, and I don't know, being a teenager and having, I mean, I'm sure we all, 
everyone who's listening has had these experiences but like guys just like confessing to you even if it's not a full truth whether that's to get your attention or like feel like you know just have some sort of connection Mm. like guys just like telling you things or like asking advice and like that's a common theme with like Mm -hmm. them like just wanting you to play mommy for them yeah vice versa with with girls wanting to like have a boyfriend and, and take be, care of them yeah take mm-hmm. I don't know just to be able to say you have someone which is like okay it's like a, yeah. the biggest daddy wound which I have I and I'm sure <laughs> lots of other people <laughs> yep have. I think I've talked to some people and they told me that their boyfriend likes to suck on their boobs and I'm like are you shitting me like there's nothing wrong with that but that's literally the most I don't like, know, I think that's a valid thing, but not in the way that, obviously, it's being described as. Right, right. Like, in a comfortable setting, like, you know, if you really love somebody, it doesn't matter. It's like <laughs> you're exploring you bodies. But there's some men out there that just want to be with women to, like, be like, can I suck your titties? And I'm like, you literally are a little baby in a man's body that just need a woman's validation and want to stick your dick in her to, like, get something yeah, out of it. Yeah, that's, that's the word I was looking for is validation. Yeah just mm. wanting something and 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 girls in the same in the same way yeah it's, so it's yeah, it's, it's really tough. really interesting to see and then just being able to have those open conversations because i've been in friendships with guys where they're so open about masturbating and they're so open about like measuring each other's dicks and stuff <laughs> like this like, I literally had guy friends in middle school that would tell me about this game called the cum cracker, where they all had a cum and a cracker, and whoever oh, cummed I last had to eat the cracker. That. And, like, you they know, could talk about this openly. that's the lack of, like, them being able to explore, too. Yeah, and then they were like, oh, no, but I'm not gay. I'm like, okay, that doesn't have to be inherently Wait. gay, but it's like, I... you like you call other men bad to you know like fuck each other but then you're literally whipping out your dicks in front of each other to then eat each other's cum but then you have the audacity <laughs> to call somebody fag like your what? description of it is is killing me but <laughs> it's the okay, audacity I of these the little boys that mm-hmm. i almost feel like men are sexualized more than women Okay, share what you mean, because I, I know where I kind of go, no. So, well. obviously, obviously, it's hard to compare. It's, like, the same as, like, oh, being a woman is harder than being a man. But, like, in terms of the way that that sex is described as, like, generically, and porn being focused around the men, and, like, mm-hmm. just, like, op- men openly talking about masturbating and all of those things that happen in, like, early boyhood, mm-hmm. where they're not allowed to explore themselves as beings they're immediately like you're you're a penis basically does that make sense i'm not saying one is harder but i'm saying they i think in this moment i've realized that it's the same in terms of like sexual suppression Mm -hmm. or like not i guess the word sensuality can mean something different for everyone Right. But for me, it just means, like, being able to be, a, like, a soft and vulnerable and, like, sensual being without having these, like, expectations or, I don't know, labels or archetypes, like, put yeah. on to you. 
I think sensuality is all about exploring and, you know, yeah, being aware of that. Right. And, you know, and they're not I, able to do that in a way that's like actually honoring who they are as mm-hmm. men. Yeah. So I was, um, I was looking up on a porn site because I was curious. Somebody told me about this. And, you know, I hate looking up porn because I always feel so disgusting on the inside because I haven't, I haven't opened that, any of that in like two years. That it's good. I only do it for curiousness. I don't do it. Yeah, curiosity. And that's not a bad thing. Yeah. And so someone told me about this site called Belisa. And so I went on it. And so they were just like, yeah. Yeah, Belessa, whatever the name is. But there's these yeah. live ones where it's, like, live dates. And I'm like, okay, so this Ooh. is going to be, like, authentic, like, sensual, beautiful, like, making love. No. It was the most vigorous thing I've ever seen. And they were, like, throwing each other, like, across the room and across the bed. And, like, when the guy was even, like, like giving her cunnilingus or, like, eating her out or, like, fingering her, it was so fast-paced. Or, like, when she was sucking the guy's dick, it was so fast-paced. And I'm like, that's yeah, not... Yeah, and that's not even real. I mean, yeah. honestly, like, how I think about that, because I've thought about this so much because I've experienced that type of sex, mm. which is why I've had, like, my own journey with coming back to, like, my body belongs to me. Like, that's right. basically what i've had to like you know remember Mm. um but like for some people that's their reality but when it comes to what actual like feels good yeah or just and everyone's different which is like the hardest part about having such easy access to things like that is like your own version of what feels good for you gets distorted with what you think you should do or what you should look like or how it should feel and like it almost becomes an act like you're performing at least from my mm-hmm. perspective on the the woman side like I always felt like I was performing and when I remember watching porn I was mm-hmm. watching a performance like right you know what I mean? yeah yeah and watching this live stuff it was still the woman when like I prefer seeing women being dominant to a man because I think it takes back power. (laughs) And so she was even like riding him, but she was putting on a performance and like rolling her head back and like moaning really loud. But you don't even do that. Like even when you masturbate, you do not moan loud. Even if you have like the most beautiful, like, I don't know if I agree with that, but I know what you're saying. It's a different, it's a different energy. Yeah. It's not a performance moan. And it's not like a scream. That's not what it's like. Okay. Yeah. (laughs) <laughs> and that's what that's what they do on porn and it's so sad because these little girls then yeah. go into relationships and then they expect to sound like that and even if it doesn't feel natural they still do it and then when they're with a boyfriend in the future and he doesn't hear her sound like that he's like oh what am I doing wrong like am I not yes. like actually helping you finish and she's like oh no it is but he's like I don't hear a sound that you makes know? me think of like the fact that also just the porn industry prioritize prioritizes mainly the man finishing when yeah. sex isn't even about finishing that's oh not. i want you to talk about that more afterwards <laughs> <laughs> well i just feel like uh i i was i don't know if it's my mom who because my mom and i talk very or you know she witnessed me and in the relationship I was in for 
about a year and mm-hmm. you know I was not I wasn't able to talk about everything in the moment but you know afterwards through the healing process she learned a lot mm, good. from what I experienced and I I don't know if it's her who told me this but it's like sex in itself isn't even about finishing for each like that's just a bonus like sex is about mm. like feeling I guess deeply connected to someone in a way I don't I don't even know the words for it because I also haven't experienced that type of sex. Right. So I'm trying to like explain it from what I've, what I know. <laughs> I'm tripping over my own words. That's okay. But it's like, yeah, <laughs> just like I... when you're with a partner, and you can listen to them openly and like understand them in a way sex is just another version of that that you can have that sense of connectedness where you physically like tangibly are connected do you know what I mean Mm -hmm. because I'm trying to explain it where I haven't experienced it and that's the hardest thing because I don't want to say something that you know that I haven't embodied but like that's how it should be yeah, I, I'm trying. Like, there's a download coming through, and then I have it, and then I like lose it, and then I have. Yeah. So, exactly. what the download I'm getting of is sex is about communication with a body, and that's what we've been stripped of. Is we think that it's this mm. act, but communicating, listening to another person's body. There you and, go, communicating. Yeah, yeah, and it's like, so even like you can have sex with somebody riding the person's body with the communication of their rhythm of their body and you know going about like what they like on their body where they like to be touched and like women can even have orgasms from you like touching their elbows sensually enough and like (laughs) telling them like how beautiful they are like what you like and what you don't and it's all about communication within the rhythm of bodies and um with words or without words but that's what we've been so disconnected I think from but that's really it's really interesting that your mom said it's not about an orgasm because the way I've reclaimed my sexuality is saying like if you don't give me an orgasm like I've never been in a relationship but when I'm ready to be in a relationship if you don't make me orgasm or I can't reach a climax then we didn't have good communication we didn't do something right because sexuality to me is reclaiming that innate pleasure of that exploding star within your body. That's interesting. Mm-hmm. I feel that, but as well as like having experienced like one polar end of what sex can look like, I think that like the climax is just like a bonus or it happens naturally when that communication and that connection is there. Mm-hmm. But like, I also think, like, based on what I've experienced, there's also times where, like, that's just not the, like, it's not the goal. That doesn't mean it doesn't happen, but it's, like, sometimes not finishing can feel better, or vice versa, like, finishing is what, does that, does that make sense? <laughs> yeah, it does make sense. I just have to wrap my head around that. Because honestly, it's like, think. it's like the most um, powerful feeling that like specifically us women can experience I wouldn't know what it feels like to be a a man in that role but like or even two women 
or two men, whatever, whatever scenario. Mm-hmm. But like, where was I going with this? <laughs> really? I don't know. Yeah, but that's all I have to say about that. Yeah, I. How do we get to here? I was literally just about to say the same thing because we went from weed <laughs> to literally talking about not having orgasm and that being. You know, okay. it's pretty on point with the it things is. that at least I've been thinking about recently. Um, yeah, damn. Yep. <laughs> wow, we really had some realizations there. <laughs> yeah, once I started to like, yeah. A lot of information is 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 circling in my mind. Mm-hmm. Me too. And I think the biggest takeaway that's been like the theme of November is observation, not judgment. So even though the and I, curiosity over yes, what I don't know, just being one. like stern opinion. And I I notice myself even like right now in this podcast, I've gotten like really angry about a few things where like I my voice gets higher and deeper and like I really have a lot to say about something but yet when I still say that and I take a deep breath and I reflect back it's still out of observation I'm never going to tell somebody that what they're doing is inherently wrong because they need to learn I'm not going to tell them like fuck you anymore because I'm going to say hey do you want to learn from this and if they're not willing to learn then I'm going to take a step back and be like this is I'm not going to play the mother here I'm not going to be the person that fixes you yeah, and... it's also, like, the fixing. It's our ego wanting mm-hmm. to feel, like, a sense of outward appreciation or validation Ooh. when we share something we believe is true. It's, like, expecting another person to validate our truth for us. Mm-hmm. Um, and I definitely feel I've felt that a lot and still do sometimes. Um, I don't remember who told this to me, but someone said that when you're talking to someone and you can sense yourself move away from your heart, whether that's into your mind or like just you're outside of your heart space, that's Mm -hmm. a moment for you to like come back to center and allow, um, I don't know, messages to come through or just Mm -hmm. allow yourself to come back to like what you're actually trying to say and not, you know, other things that are outside of your heart I like that and kind of observing where it goes to like when things go to your head maybe you're rationalizing more than when in your heart you're feeling more yeah like when it just made me think about when you were describing your conversation with um that guy about what's his name Andrew Andrew Tate yeah that guy and how you switched from trying to prove a point to being curious about the other person. And yeah. Their, and like their internal lens. Like you switched. Yeah. Like curiosity mm-hmm. is, I swear to God, what's going to heal everybody. Everything. Yeah. <laughs> everything. yeah. So I have a question. I want to hear yeah. your perspective on this. So I've always known that I wanted to help people. And I think a lot of people do want to help people, but where do I draw the line between trying to fix my mother and father issues to trying to help people? Because I find myself wanting to do this kind of situation thing where men come in and they want healing and I'm able to hold them and they're able to cry in my arms. Is that coming from a place of actually wanting to help them? Or is that me wanting to play the mother subconsciously? But I want it so bad to be able to have a man cry in my arms and for me to be able to say, like, and give him advice. I've felt the exact same thing 
exact same thing um especially specifically for me just in terms of like fantasizing about relationships um Mm -hmm. I always say like when I was younger even though it was literally like a year or two ago (laughs) (laughs) but like uh, it's weird to to talk about but you know what I'm trying to say Mm -hmm. um I think it's both I think it's like our wounds that are pushing us to um I don't know explore the things that we feel we're gifted in but we have to like move through that want in order to figure out what it is we're actually meant to do because I don't know I never at least where I'm at with this TikTok stuff Mm -hmm. I had no idea that this was how I deliver messages to people but I always knew I wanted to be some sort of oracle for people oh yeah and I'd fantasize about being in those situations where you can hold space for someone or you can tell someone things and then having my mom who does it in that way where she's an oracle for people and she talks like through people's stories and holds space for people and does all those things but then I had to like I don't know go through the motions of having my own expectations of how things would look in order for it to actually like come through Mm -hmm. it's interesting because I just made a post where in the caption I said I was like something about like I don't know what did I say I said something about how when we finally accept and acknowledge our expectations and like resistance to certain things then that's when like the things we're meant to actually do can come through or like when the magic can come through and what you said about like wanting to like hold a man or would you say have someone cry in your arms yeah I feel like that almost represents you in a way true you wanting to be held in that way you want to have someone hold space for you and it's not to say that's not your gift because it clearly is in a sense that's like the essence of it but I don't know it's hard to know like what it's like you can't say something's right or wrong I try really hard not to do that Mm -hmm. but instead to think like where is it coming from and why do I feel so strongly or what like just ask questions curiosity yeah it all circles back to curiosity if anything I'm just curious as to like when or like how it start I guess how it started is a really broad question because I I mean I don't know from birth I don't know we all have our things but well so is there any like specific um like modality that you're drawn to or like in ways that you like I don't know what it's like when you meet new people or like with your friends in your friend group or like whatever's like in your external world but Mm -hmm. like how you show up for people there can reflect like how do you know what I'm trying to say (laughs) yeah so what I'm thinking about right now is how it might not be me necessarily needing to hold a man. Maybe it's just the masculine energy that's surrounding. Or that's just your fantasy, yeah. Yeah, but it can also be I have a really, really hard time with surrendering to my masculine side, my divine masculine, where 
I'm, I have really, really hard time with being cut and dry or super organized or, you know, super or determined in something. In your, yeah, being in your power and, like, knowing where yeah. you stand. Yeah, so I have a really hard time being in that. So maybe it's a version of myself that I need to hold and cry and allow myself to do that because when things get too good in life, I've been finding myself manipulating that. And maybe it can also be a modality of that. But also, me and Luca talk about this all the time. Um, and Gracie's a kind of circle around to what Gracie said. But so I don't know my biological father. And mm-hmm. um, I don't know my biological grandfather either. So I have an adopted dad and an adopted grandfather. And this is really interesting in the generational healing that I'm supposed to be doing in this lifetime. And so I've never had like a solid figure of a man in my life. And so when I'm around men, I don't really know how to act because I had my biological mother who is not in the picture anymore. And then I have my, who my biological mother I'm scared of. And then my adopted mom who I'm also scared of. So I have a very interesting, super deep motherly issue wound and a super deep fatherly issue wound because I never had adequate representations of either of them. So I'm trying to find new modalities as to what a mother figure is even supposed to truly look like or a father figure because I never had a strong instance of either of them. You know, I don't even think, I think like, not to say that what you're trying to move through isn't valid, but I think that like, I've also had the same questions Mm. in terms of my own life. Um, And although I'm so blessed to now have two like people who are my parents basically like Mm -hmm. be able to play those roles for me in a way that like I don't I don't um or there's just clear communication like I I know a version of what that should look like but I don't think there's any like I don't know every time I meet someone's parents or I hear a story I'm like is there even a right way to be a parent like what is a parent like I I kind of wonder Mm -hmm. as well as us having similar experiences with our dad I mean you don't have that dad figure or at least biologically Mm -hmm. and mine is just emotionally checked out and like stuck at like age 12 (laughs) so so like talking to him is like talking to a 12 year old right um and I think through because I didn't speak to him for a few years and then eventually reconnected to him. But through trying to learn how to like relate with him, I like reparented myself. And it made me realize that I don't think there's anyone in the world that can show up for you in that way that you can't. Or like, yeah. you're the only one who can be your, like you can, you're, <laughs> I'm tripping over my words <laughs> but okay but like we have to be that parent for ourselves in a way Mm -hmm. what I'm trying to say I I think like mm -hmm. your want to know what that looks like is just your want to like be able to have the space to show up for yourself in that way I does that make sense yeah that makes a lot of sense I like the way you abstracted I think we do have as a society, we're just like, we need a mom. We need a dad. But yeah, you know, we need I've someone up. to show us the way, which right. is why, like, authority comes into play. Yeah, 
but to it's they're just models there's just they're models for us for yeah. something that when we come into this lifetime we're not here to follow somebody else like a child our whole life we're meant to maybe we're supposed to be held for a little bit but you know animals a lot of the times their parents just leave them out in the woods and have them figure it out on their own and then they get raised they're fine they have kids and they do the same thing and um yeah, it's just, it's another identification to say that a mother and father should be this or that. And that's where a lot of human suffering comes in. And I liked the way you put that because that's what clicked. Is a human suffering comes from when we think life should be this one way. Instead of surrendering to what your yeah. timeline or your, you know, this one timeline is supposed to look like. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It made me think about how, like, psychologically, the first five years of our lives are the most important in terms of our brain development because the way we're treated as babies, the energies we're around, the emotions we're around, the people we're around shape our subconscious. Mm -hmm. And so I'm sure for you, it was very, I, I wouldn't, I don't know if I could say chaotic. I mean, you could put the word, you could fill in the blanks. But like, um, like situational, like situations you were in, or like obviously you probably wouldn't know, or you don't have like the conscious memory available. But like for me as a baby, I had the like parental roles, and like they 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 did what they were supposed to do. But emotionally, I wasn't taken care of. So then you know, those have reflected into ways that I am learning to take care of myself emotionally still. Where was I going with this? I keep forgetting where I'm going with things. I see the circle where you're going with it. Yeah. You were just, you were just, what were you talking about? I'm sorry, Holly. I keep having things to say, but then I keep forgetting where they connect to. (laughs) <laughs> it's perfectly fine <laughs> that's what the whole purpose of this podcast was is starting somewhere yeah. <clears throat> and finding our way back or not but that's why my patreon is called connecting the dots because i'm constantly i like that doing that right picking up one place and then maybe going back to it later it's like also we'll have this big epiphany at one point in our life and then we'll totally forget about it until like 20 <laughs> years later and then we'll yeah. finally be like holy frick like you're like, damn, that was a long ass cycle. Right, <laughs> right. So yeah. I know, but I do like the way you put that. And exactly, it's not about what happened to us, it's about what happened for us. You know, we're put in these situations for our own karma and dharma in this life to just be like, well, this is what you're going to be thrown. Yeah. This is what your cards are. It's either, yeah, life, like I was telling Luca, I'm like, being human is traumatic within itself like there's nothing <laughs> not traumatic about being human yeah it, like freaking loud noises right i can't i know it's just being human within <laughs> itself is just so traumatic and it's what we choose to do with that knowledge we can either sit there and be like okay well life is gonna always happen to me and life sucks or you can say you know what fuck this i'm going to take back my power and this is gonna be my life how i want it and those are the most powerful people that say like I was talking to um, my mom's friend's mother who has extreme trauma from a child and she was saying like she knows my story and she's like yeah your life 
as a child was traumatic, but you're living in grace now. Like you're living in the most beautiful instance that you could be. Like, even though I don't have a great relationship with my parents or my siblings here, I still live in a beautiful home on 10 acres. I have access to education. I'm safe. I have a phone to communicate. I have a wonderful podcast. I have beautiful friends. And I've come from that place of hurt, but I turn it into a thing that I want to share my story as just like anybody else. But yeah, it's all like balancing the, the yeah. blessings as well as whatever painful things you're moving through. I get the right. same things like when I'm feeling like sometimes I'll just be in my room for hours or days. And then I'm like, oh, I live like a mile and a half from the beach. Like I start going through the same list of things. Mm-hmm. And then I'm like damn what am I (laughs) what am I doing or like I'm able to reason with myself enough to find a way to express that density um yeah (laughs) Mm. yeah and just to like flip that density yeah or just like flip the switch and allow like I don't know it's like we have to give ourselves permission to heal sometimes or give ourselves permission to feel in order to come back to what we know to be yeah. true. Hannah, I think we're more connected than you think because you'll <laughs> say a word I'm just about to say and then you'll carry the conversation exactly where I'm going to put it. And I'm like, what you the know, heck is happening? <laughs> I told Luca in text the other day when we were chatting, I was just telling her when I, since we're all going to visit each other, I'm explaining mm-hmm. to people, we're all going to visit each other and I, was, I bought my flight. And they mm-hmm. sent her a picture and she was telling me how like she's gonna pick me up and then we're gonna go to lunch with her mom and then pick up Elena later that day like she was just telling me the itinerary <laughs> and I was like you know what I'm so excited to meet your mom yet I already feel like I've met all of you all like right. all, all five of us I feel like we've already met and it's a really weird feeling it's so weird that's I'm I'm still pretty disconnected. I struggle with really bad disassociation, so I can't quite feel all the way into my body, and I'm pretty severed from my intuition. But I know, actually, no, I'm gonna reclaim that. You're not. You're not severed. You're just. Yeah. Um, there's I have just a some things in the way. Yeah, yeah, and I'm gonna get all those gifts back when I'm meant to. I'm learning what or I need to learn. Or just uncover them. Right. Yeah, like that. So yeah, taking back the power. So never mind. I don't put myself in that situation. <laughs> I'm putting it into a new one, a new timeline. Um, I'm just helping you reframe it. Yes. I I need it too. I need it too. (laughs) (laughs) Thank you. And um, I don't quite understand that feeling completely, but I can imagine what that feeling feels like. And I know the place that you're coming from. Maybe a better way to say was that based on the, the conversations and the experiences we've all had in terms of what each other shares on the internet, as well as what we've shared through text and stuff um Mm -hmm. I feel like I just already know you guys enough to know that like I'm safe with you and we have things to talk about and there's like an equal exchange yeah maybe that's a better way to put it for you to like feel it Mm -hmm. and yeah like your your body is aware like the only way I can explain that is so the first way I met Gracie is last winter I think like this time frame in December, I was talking to a guy at the time. He was just like, hey, 
So his hometown was a, a place in, in between France and Germany. He grew up there and he was here in the United States for the past few years to do school. He's like, hey, I want to take you back to my hometown. I'm like, I've known you for a few months, but okay. Like I get to explore <laughs> Europe, have a place to stay. My parents were actually down, so I was going to go. That ended up not happening last minute. And I was friends with Gracie very barely. Like we did a few lives on Instagram, but besides that, we didn't know each other very well. But I texted her and I said, hey, can I fly out to you? And she's like, uh, yes. And so her mom was like, <laughs> yeah, I barely knew Gracie. And That's it didn't crazy. hit me. Yeah. And it, it didn't hit me until I landed in New York and I was about to shit my pants. I'm like, oh my God, <laughs> I'm staying with a stranger for a week. Like, I don't know who these people are. I like, I had to see with like Gracie, her grandma, her mom and her sister. And like in a new place, in a secluded area a but lot I had of newness yeah I, yeah but I just knew deep down that I was going to be okay and I had a blast and now Gracie's an like one of my favorite people and you know I, that's why how I get what you're talking about like you feel safe and you know that even if in your body you may feel nervous in any way you know that yeah. that's going to pass because you are safe and this is meant to happen exactly if anything i'm actually more nervous to like fly by myself for the first time than to like meet you and that comes down to like what we were talking about how i feel when you sent me a voice message describing like my energy i think i don't remember the the animals you used um i don't remember how you described it but i remember saying back to you that i feel like you haven't been on earth many times Mm -hmm. which is why you have this in like I think I said when I look into your eyes I see home yeah that's so cute because and and saying that to you actually made me cry because I was like I was like just you specifically and your energy reminds me of that like pureness of curiosity (laughs) and every time we talk we always kind of get to that like level of like just asking each other questions right curious Mm -hmm. and there's just something about it where it's like I don't know maybe you've been waiting to come here to like see all of or I I don't know about everyone else but in terms of me like to see to see us again there's something about the way you talk about things where it makes me feel like you have a fresh set of eyes that I have been like needing to be reminded of does that make sense yeah that does and your energy my mind is spinning in so many different directions right now. <laughs> no, it's hard to like put them all the pieces together. Literally, it's so for you, it's just like you feel like everything and nothing. Like when Ram Dawes says everything and nothing, that's what your energy feels like. It's like we're planets in the cosmos mm. and we're aware of each other being there, but you're the abyss and you're every single planet. You're the you black know- hole and everything around it. And it's a lot of sense. Yeah. And I, that's how my brain, that's how my, um, like my mind feels like one minute I'm, I'm floating high up in the sky and the next minute I'm like in the ground in a cave. <laughs> you know what? I like that. Yeah. It's like, I'm like this brand new earth. Like if you saw me, yes. I'm like earth. I'm brand yes. new. And you're, you're new earth. And you're like this ancient, like you're like the sun. You're like this ancient thing that's been running the planets for eons. And then you're finally aware of being able to shine your light on me, the earth. And we're able to 
cultivate a whole new awareness of what the universe is. Wow. We should write a poetry book. God damn. I was going to say, when we all meet up together, it's going to be really trippy. Yeah. Atlanta kind of reminds me of Jupiter. I don't know why. I don't know anything about the planets. So... Me either. But, but, but uh, when you said that, I, I just, inside, just... Made yeah. sense. Gracie <laughs> and Luca... Gracie's like an alien to me. Like, I've already said that. And yeah. Luca, her energy... It's like... Have you ever seen Princess Mononoke? No. Oh, we gotta watch that. I don't know how to describe it. it. She says, I remind her of this, though. Um, She's very alien-like, but she's also, like, reminds me of, like, um, the scene in Moana when, like, um, what's what's the fiery lady's name? And then she gets the heart restored back to I don't know, but I know what you're, I know what, I I have an image. (laughs) Yeah, and so then she gets the heart back and she lays back down and she merges with the mountain because she's the mountain. That's what Luca's energy reminds me of. You know, I told Luca many times that she reminds me of where the mountains and the ocean meet. Oh, yeah. Like, specifically in Northern California, where the forest, like, meets the ocean. Ooh, I really like that. reminds me of, because it's, um, I don't know, she has a really intensely soft energy. Does that make sense? Yeah. Like, it's so potent, but it's so... It's so potently grounded. Mm-hmm. I don't yeah, know she's like she has the calmness of like a grounded tree, but she also has the awareness of a of a raging sea. Yes. Oh my oh, god, that rhyme. I, did you hear I was just gonna say that? Did you hear that Whoa. amazing freaking poem that just came out of my mouth? <laughs> that was great. Yeah, we're all gonna have to write some really good poetry together. Or maybe just yeah. even have a I don't know, maybe having a podcast with all of us would be kind of chaotic. We'll have to see how that plays out yeah i'm i'm ordering little microphone things so like i can plug it into my phone and we can like pass around a little like, oh. microphone um that's good so i'm hoping to do something like that and i really want to try to capture the moments like you know how hitomi captures moments like her with her friends i don't know how much you watch hitomi um i don't but um i do often just because like i like the cinematography of it i actually watch mm-hmm. more of isabella page Oh, I love her. Yeah, because I watch it. I watch her when I'm like feeling uneasy and I'm trying to go to sleep. That's Aww. when I watch like YouTube or Netflix the most, mm-hmm. like movies and stuff. Um, but I love the way Hitomi photographs things because I photograph things the same way, or not photograph, mm-hmm. but just capture. Yeah, and I'm really excited because I'm gonna bring my little camera and like set the intention of having like creating some sort of video or something for all of us to like look back on I don't know I used to be into like video editing in eighth grade and freshman year because I took a broadcasting class where we had to use like Final Cut Pro like what people use for that stuff Mm -hmm. I guess it's like the main Apple editing software so like yeah. I'm trying I've been trying to like get back into that but I haven't had things to record so I'm really glad you mentioned that because it reminded me that I want to do that for all of us and all of us can do it for each other too right yeah I was thinking the same thing I want to learn from you more stuff on video videography I can capture the moment in pictures I can capture it in a video but I don't know how to turn it into like cinema mode 
of merging the moments together and that's where yeah. I need help and I think you can help guide me on that yeah I have to I don't have that editing software anymore but I know it exists so we'll figure it out I've also done so many things on my phone that I'm sure we could our phones have so much stuff yeah close my mind I'm sure we'll figure out something for us to create and then share I'm so excited yeah. I still I can't believe it's already November does it feel like that oh, for you no. No, it feels like, oh, I don't even know. Everything ever. So I had a, I had a weird concept of time. Like I was like in, I don't like I don't. calling it the matrix, but I was like in the matrix time, like before. And then I had that high and literally the concept of time dropped and I could not explain that. And yeah. So now when I think about time, I'm just like, uh-uh like what even is time like why are you calling it a Tuesday when it just feels like another day of yesterday that's what weed will do to you yeah experience that that's real why well. I never know what day it is <laughs> I think that's better than being like oh great it's Monday again like I think no, I'd much rather I, yeah I work blur. with um because I live in such a hippie beach town mm-hmm. and I work at a like the deli upstairs is vegan but the store is vegetarian so obviously mm-hmm. it's like hippie people yeah, and hippie all hippie. of a majority of people i work with smoke weed and all the time we'll walk in and be like how are you guys and we're like uh or i often am just like wait what day is today or i say i don't know i'm just here <laughs> yeah, i like that <laughs> i'm like that's yep. the vibe of people who i don't know are just kind of in their own flow not necessarily people who smoke weed but just in general um that's what it does to you <laughs> right, right we're like it's also like reclaiming saying that I'm not one thing but I am everything and I want to be perceived in so many different ways within don't give me a concept of time don't give me a concept of anything just yeah, let me I don't want to feel like I'm going in psych or in circles that's how right. I feel like that's how school made me feel like and I'm sure yes it still does for you like Every mm-hmm. Monday, you have a dreading feeling, and yep. everyone talks about it as if it's normal, but it's like that Not. Shouldn't, shouldn't be. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> exactly. But you know what? It's going to be is awesome. Is. Every time afterwards, me and Luca were also talking about this. Like, after. So I was supposed to go with Luca to New York when Luca and Gracie were together. It was supposed to be us three, but I did not have the capacity to get on a plane at that point. Um, but Luca learned so much from being around Gracie, like subconsciously, that Luca he- had a huge shift. And after hanging out with Gracie last year, I had a huge shift. And then hanging out with Gracie again for two weeks this summer, I had a huge shift. So we all know, um, well, me, Gracie, and Luca all know that we're all going to shift. Like we, like we always do, but I'm really excited to see how things pick up afterwards. And, you know, if me and me and Luca are going to be traveling with each other for a long ass time, like we had each other's I already knew before I had started talking to you that that was the case. It's good to hear you say that. Oh, awesome. Then yeah. So me and Luca are going to feel you're in Elena's energy and, um, I'm sure everything's going to be well, we know that it is, but depending on like what we want to do I think our hearts set on going out to California um, I see you guys really enjoying it especially in the mountains because oh yes I although I haven't been in a while I grew up 
go into like the sequoias and beautiful Kings Canyon and the Sierras, which is some of the mountain ranges that are closest to me. But then Northern California, um, like there's a lot of beautiful things that are outside of like Sacramento and San Francisco. There's certain things that I imagine you guys exploring together but like I'm, I'm thinking of it from like a third person perspective right, right. It's more like I'm like oh I'm so excited for them you know but I think that you're gonna be there I think you're seeing that really like you said from the th- I think you're seeing it from the third person because you're seeing it from your set of eyes but you're watching us uh, doing it but we're all together okay I track with that yeah picking Maybe up your part of me just doubts but um Maybe. yeah I just know that the every time that I I meet new people there's always a shift like you said mm. and then it takes time to integrate it and that integration yeah. process is its own shift and journey <laughs> yeah so I'm just like ecstatic for all of it like my brain is starting to tingle I love that. Yeah. Um, another thing. So flying alone, I flew for my first time. Technically, I, I flew when I was really young. I don't remember it, but I flew for my first time out to Gracie. Um, and I flew alone. I was literally, it was scary, but I got through it. And what I did is I clung, I, I clung on to some older woman that looked knowledgeable. Like I would sit <laughs> next to her and I would talk to her and make a connection with her. And she was like my mother while I was at the airport. And, you know, like, I ended up having to change planes and, you know, I had a whole flight ticket issue, but she was by me by my side, even though we were complete strangers. And that's what my advice to you, especially because Denver is like one of the biggest airports in the United States besides, I think, um, Austin um, in Texas. But just cling on to somebody that your energy is, um, you're attracted to energy wise and just like set that intention um, energetically that they're going to be a guiding person yeah. for you when you get on the plane and when you get off to find um, how to get to what's that called uh, pick up the port yeah, yeah. pick up it's, place it's very interesting that you said that because I've had experiences like that before like taking the train and some random dude just shows up and goes oh are you lost and I'm like <laughs> yeah where's blah, blah 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 and he's just points and then I look behind me and he's gone oh um, that reminded me of an experience I had exactly like that. And I think that yeah. that's almost like the universe, um, like planting an angel or like a guide for you. But like Ooh. physically, mm-hmm. like how you said, like cling to them. But mm-hmm. instead of cling, it's more like accept the support, I guess. Mm-hmm. I like that's that. so nuts. That is super, super crazy. I like that this guy just like showed up and disappeared this woman that i was with didn't just disappear but i think it's funny that this guy just like showed up for you and then he was just like yeah sometimes it's long long, it's a long period and sometimes it's brief wow it's so interesting that is super interesting i've been talking to luca a lot about every time we talk on the phone we're just like oh this life is so funny and crazy (laughs) and interesting and it literally is like that's the only way to describe it is everything's interesting and being fascinating again just like curious like whoa that's crazy you know that is now bringing me back to what we started this podcast about which was we wanted to talk about like plant medicines and psychedelics but like I was telling you in text that um, people like Aubrey Marcus and um, people who are way older than us like decades older 
who really really love those powerful medicines like ayahuasca and, and combo and big mushroom trips and acid and all that stuff um they like they need it to get to that space of curiosity and awe and like joyful laughter to like yeah. blast out the density whereas some people and i'm sure people who are listening to this are similar you just look around and you're like damn <laughs> like how did i get here and yeah. not all people can get to that space mm-hmm. like some people are just really stuck in their their stories or their reality or their emotions or whatever yeah being identified just like i just look around and i'm like wow and i feel that every day Uh uh-huh at least in a in in not all day every day but most of the time Mm -hmm. yeah i think so i was talking to luca about the older generations and I think some of them are in spiritual psychosis, like, if I'm being completely honest, because... Well, wait, what does that mean to you? Because to me, I associate, like, spirituality and then, like, psychosis in the same boat. It's like being thrown into a river and you either sink or swim. Like, not all people... What does that mean to you? Or, like, Um, they're kind of in their own little, like, illusion. I think they're too far... There's going to be a loud vacuum in the back. That's okay. I don't know. There we go. Not sort of. So to me, spiritual psychosis is going way too deep into a hole and not knowing how to get yourself out. Oh, and like, um, the, it's like the just metaphorically people who just want to go live in the forest and just escape. Right. Like, we're, the world. yeah, we're or like here. people who do that mentally. Yeah. Yeah, and it's, it's so I, I have a cousin who, she's super, super cool, but she says some stuff where it, it sounds like spiritual psychosis, like I was, so she, I was like, hey, do you want to be on my podcast? And she's like, I can't right now, like, I'm doing a lot of integrating. I'm like, yes, we all, like, I understand that 100%. Um, like, a lot of us are integrating, like, the eclipse energy is crazy, and she's I like. I feel like I'm constantly integrating. <laughs> I know. And she, end. I, I know, I yeah and so but she sees it more of like she's a robot and she's like well I'm getting all these downloads and the sun is get the sun is giving me so many codes right now and I'm just like well what happened in the past like few months she's like well I went back to my hometown I'm like well maybe it's trauma coming up from being in your hometown she's like no like I'm getting upgrades like I'm getting upgrades and I'm like like it's almost like what finish finish no that's it you can add what you're gonna say I was just gonna say do you think that's almost like a front for not necessarily it, it could be for your your cousin you said right mm-hmm. yeah or like people like that I've had friends like that who I almost felt like them being friends with me made them feel like they were in between worlds so they had to like prove themselves by like speaking like that who is that no that's not she's really really she's been into spirituality and done like deep healing for like the past like 30 years but she's on the other end of that we're like too much into the yeah like, not even not like, even too much is the right word but it's no i i know what you're saying but then i don't know how to put it into words put it into words it's um <laughs> she's she's unidentified she's unidentifying herself as human and that's the one thing i was listening gotcha. to a podcast and well, I we're that. yeah we're not here to experience alien like things we're not here to you know connect with aliens and you know 
um, always be in the astral realm. We're here to be human. That's why we came here. Our souls came here to be human. So identif- unidentifying with being human is denying a whole world of what's actually happening within your human body, your yeah. person, as you call it. And these people that are like I call on spiritual psychosis are people that all they do is dream all day. Like they, they sleep in all day because they're in the astral realm and then they come out of it and they're like, oh my gosh. This is happening on another planet. And I'm like, I think there's truth to that. But you're here to experience being human. You're not here to, like, you know, like, sit there and talk in light language all day. You're here to experience English, French, Spanish, you know, things like that. Yeah, a part of me 100% resonates. But then the other part, like, I remember getting um, really triggered by people like Aubrey Marcus Mm-hmm. Or specifically, actually, like, the the Blue of Earth lady. Mm-hmm. Um, and then another girl who goes by Activation Vibration. Do you know who that oh, is? Oh, I don't like her. I don't. I have really? a weird thing about her. I actually, I actually love what she has to offer. Mm-hmm. Like, I, I used to associate um, people like that with, like, narcissism or spiritual nar- narciss- narcissism. Mm-hmm. Because I couldn't connect the dots between, like, how they got from, like, like birth to now. I couldn't, mm. like, I couldn't, like, value whatever journey they were on. Or I couldn't, like, I could only see them for, like, fa- at face value. And what you're saying about your cousin made me think of that. Because um, I almost think that our I don't, I'm not going to speak for you. I'm speaking from mm-hmm. mm, just something that I'm thinking about, but like our, I guess you could say our ego or our mind mm-hmm. wants to try and like figure out like everything about a person or, or trying to figure out like whether or not they're speaking truth. Yeah. But then through that, we forget that each of us are incomplete puzzle pieces and like not everything is like to be taken in as truth does that make sense like it doesn't i share can trigger people and i've had videos where they've gone um viral and it's like half the comments are really beautiful and half the comments are people who just like don't get it yeah and and i do the same thing with people where i almost like idealize i don't know specifically Mm. just on social media because it's easy to when people have followers Mm -hmm. but then i'm like oh they don't even really know much more than I do either. And it's the same with people like your cousin who maybe think that they know more mm-hmm. or they, or maybe not. And they just don't know how to translate it. I don't know what it, what you might be feeling with that stuff. Cause obviously it's your cousin, you know, them more than anyone else would or more than I would. Well, those words are coming up. Um, it's I think that anything people say there's truth to that and it's not that I don't like activation vibration she just the way she puts things reminds me of spirit I don't I I can the only word I can think of is spiritual psychosis all so she sits there and she speaks light language light language and then she goes into um an ayahuasca ceremony like every single day and that's so much integration that's like an insane amount and there's some things that she says, like, I don't think there's anything that's not truth. I think, like, when people share stories about connecting with aliens, there's truth to that. Yeah, it's their but own, when, yeah. Right. But there's some people that 
refuse to be human and they say everything that's human is inherently wrong and that's why sometimes when activation vibration talks about things she's like well you don't want to be human unidentify with being human and tap into light language and you are an alien and ascend and i'm just like well we're here to be human we're here to experience being human yeah we're aliens on other planets probably in past lives yes it's integrate that when we're an alien but our soul picked to be human why are you wanting us to unidentify with being human so much like it's fear-mongering almost i it's crazy because you put into words exactly how i felt like to the dot Oh, sweet. Uh, no, like, I, <laughs> I'm going to trip over my words again. <laughs> but, like, I, I'm i not going to share exactly what made me change my perspective because, obviously, I can't convince you. Mm-hmm. But I do invite you to, like, go to her YouTube and listen to her story because that yeah. what did it for me, understanding mm-hmm. where she came from. Mm -hmm. um and I still do agree with the fact that when people post things like that um without I mean not that even people have to explain because it sucks that like our pain is kind of what proves to people like our power or like I feel like I'm constantly having to tell people bad experiences that have happened to me in order to justify the light that I am now Mm -hmm. and it it's tiring but then I also yeah. agree that like doing it at such potency with I don't know sometimes just the internet can be a tricky place with that stuff because it's up to the person to take that little fragment of your truth and then <laughs> yeah. like intertwine it with like their own and it's mm-hmm. it's so confusing that like my brain starts to hurt and that's when I'm like, I don't like that stuff because it's disassociative and it doesn't support, like, it doesn't, it's it's giving you, like, an instruction, but not the, the like, no. It's telling you what to do without giving you an instruction. It's like handing someone, like, a power tool and not telling them how to use it or something like that. Mm-hmm. Do you know what I yeah. mean? Yeah. Yeah, I hadn't, so I was having a really bad panic attack this summer. I called up the cousin that made those comments or a text. Um, and I was just like, hey, I really need help, like, coming back to my body. I don't know what to do. And she's like, um, well, what's wrong? Why are you, like, why are you panicking? And I'm like, I don't feel real. And she's like, well, you're not real. Of course you're not real. And I'm like, girl, that's <laughs> not what I needed smart. to hear. <laughs> yeah, that's the thing. Like, our, I remember when I first started questioning things. Mm-hmm. It was about when 2020, like, the whole COVID stuff happened of March of 2020. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, and then a few months later, I started dating that guy I told you about. And yeah. At the time, not only was I dealing with so many worldly things and personal things, but then, like, going to the space of, like, intense questioning, but with no one to tell me, like, no, like, no filter on what was true or not for me because I didn't Mm. even know and then that just made me feel out of body and I just I felt how you felt like I didn't feel real and I I constantly was just like just you know I had no (laughs) no words and no explanation for things and then that left me in that space of just like right why am I here right and then you question like am I going insane 
like yeah. do everybody think this or like is it just yeah me? you start to get that imposter syndrome of like mm-hmm. there's nothing I can do there's no one that can help me or whatever yeah yeah and um I think that's there's a lot of things that are messed up with new age spirituality um I talk about this all the time with Luca there's this new age spirituality where we're told that whatever your thoughts are will manifest into your reality and yeah I mean if you sit and ponder about the worst thing what I was just gonna say that's not even how it works (laughs) right right exactly and so me having um like these feelings of not feeling real and people being like well of course you're not real I'm like that's what's (laughs) wrong with what we're doing like we we've it's being disconnected from humanity through the process of learning all this information I was talking to someone about how he was telling me just a bit of his journey of like like his healing process and how he went from just like opening his mind with a lot of psychedelics but then Mm. but then going on the opposite end and like studying a bunch of things and then that in itself like people who are doing that on the internet and sharing like educating people quote-unquote it's like that can get that can get too that can get that can be too much for our human yeah Uh, and then that's when the disassociative stuff comes in Mm -hmm. and it's like people that are just like you're in the matrix and you can't like you're in the matrix and you need to break out out of the matrix and when you think you're human you're not really human the matrix is us yeah exactly we are a puzzle piece for something bigger we are here we are the universe experiencing reality that is a matrix within itself that is that is how i felt the dissociative aspect of things I felt that mm-hmm. way when people would tell me that I chose my pain or like I chose my trauma mm-hmm. and I think I remember I don't know maybe my mom no I don't think my mom said it to me but I just remember um constantly hearing that on the internet and I'm like I just couldn't wrap my head around that but then coming from a different perspective of like okay I signed up to be here to experience these things to get me to this place. Like there's that lack of um, compassion for where people are at. Like we're not meeting people or in new age spirituality, Mm -hmm. we're forgetting that we need to meet others where they're at. We can't just like blast them with this information. Yeah. It's I tried to do that to other people when I learned. Right. And And then I'm like, Oh, that's actually making it worse. Yeah, that literally causes trauma. Like, when we force yeah. a butterfly out of its chrysalis too early, they will literally, like, die. We can't do that to people. <laughs> and you can't, rip, you can't, like, rip them out of their little cocoon before they're ready. Right. And I think a lot of this New Age spiritual, spirituality, but also these old generations of spirituality, me and Luke were also talking about this, they put in so much fear. Like, they're like, the world is going to collapse right now today like you have to do something now right there was this one that i truly believed in in 2020 and this these people were talking on um tiktok they're like if you eat meat you're going to die there's there's a sun (laughs) coming when i tell you i believed i believed i was talking to my friend i'm like i'm stopping to eat meat i need to tell my whole family to stop eating meat if not i'm gonna be the only one alive in my family the day come (laughs) and i'm super super anxious because i'm like oh god everybody's gonna die today because everybody eats me we would die from eating like candy right right or like process <laughs> shit and I was so wrapped up in this and the, 
oh, it was just so like traumatizing within itself because I've convinced myself, I did convince myself that I was going to die from eating meat, that the that the sun was going to encapsulate everybody that yeah, ate meat. Like your subconscious just grabbed onto that fear. Yeah. And took it, took it and ran with it. Gosh, yeah. They can come up with the craziest things <laughs> and put it on the internet and half people will be like, oh my God, yes. And that's how cults start. Like that's they're not the even questioning the anything. Internet that mm-hmm. bothers me a little. Yeah. Or it's just hard to know. Like, yeah, I just, I don't, I have this like resistance sometimes to sharing certain things because I don't want people to think I live a perfect life or I know everything because it's so, it's too easy for others to think that because we're all so disconnected from like the real life aspect of things that we're not going to share to the internet. Mm. But then things like that, our subconscious is like, ooh, I'll pick that. I'll take that. <laughs> and I know, then I don't later f- on, we're like, oh, fuck, where did that even come from? Yeah, and it gets so f- deeply planted inside your little human brain that it just like, encapsulates <laughs> yeah, our the whole fear. Yeah, little for the stuff that we consume nowadays. Yeah, and it's funny how some of these older generations, they're like, I think you said that your mom calls some of people that talk about spirituality now like narcissists but that's because we're all about love and we don't tolerate hate but when people do things out of fear and hate for the government we're not going to solve anything by saying fuck you government we're going to solve things by saying there's division let's love let's not throw hate at the government but let's say we're all together like in this together you know yeah well i think it's the same as like during war um, and like civil unrest, like even when there was protests going on, I, I think not that I, I, I can't consume that stuff anymore, but when I did, mm-hmm. I remember making the observation that like in times of pressure and, and pain, humans are like just emotionally forced to, to like reconcile their differences and come together. Yeah. And it's just a matter of time, you know? yeah I tell myself (laughs) that's what I tell myself same here same here I'm just like and also people are so worried right now like the economy is failing and I'm like of course like when was it ever really successful or was that all an illusion too right and it's just like I think about same here and within that it's just like do people not realize that for change to happen people are way too comfort People are way too comfortable with their suffering right now that <laughs> yes. they will not change. So things have to collapse for us to be like, okay, here's community. Why were we ever against each other? It's just, I don't know. I associate like pain and suffering as comfortability because it's the known. Yeah. So it's just a matter of time before like that gets too comfortable or the, com- the, the comfortability gets, I don't know. Skewed again. Or, yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah all right well this was an amazing podcast episode (laughs) two hours of us just like rambling about stuff yeah i don't i was just thinking i don't know what she's gonna name this oh i was i I was was just about to ask that question no i was thinking because like when luke and i did a podcast together i'm Mm -hmm. sure she listened back to it to like find some keywords to put in the title but Mm -hmm. i was just thinking in my head as you were finishing your sentence i'm like 
What? <laughs> yeah, like, what do you call this? I was going to ask you that. I was just about to ask you, what should we call I don't this? Know, I was almost thinking, like, the down the rabbit hole we go. or We could call it, like, the the white rabbit. Like, that's what happens in the Matrix movie, right? Like, they or we the took rabbit. we took the, um, what did Alice eat? And Alice, was it a cookie? Yeah, or, or we can a, call it, it a bottle. Or was it a, like a, a potion? Bottle, a potion. Yeah, so or we can call it the term. Yeah, or we can call it like a red, blue, blue pill. I mean, red oh, pill. Yeah, I don't remember which means what though. Me either. We'll just say it, and then <laughs> I think people will understand what we're going by, like if they're like minded. Yeah. Um. Did we just say goodbye? Or- yeah. <laughs> I guess so. It was nice talking to you. I'll talk to you again probably <laughs> after this. Um, or do yeah. you want to put in your socials? I don't know who's going to listen to two hours long, but you know what? Put your you socials in. I can, I'll give you my um, link tree, but my, what is my Instagram? My Instagram is Coral, H-A-N-A-A-C-O-R-A-L. And then my TikTok is I love Mary Jane with two eyes at the front. Period. Um, yeah. <laughs> yeah. And it's been that way for two years. Isn't that crazy? Before I even made videos. Whoa. I just never changed it. Well, period. Because it just fits. Right. Yeah, exactly. I like it. <laughs> I like it, but I appreciate you. And yes, this was so last minute and it, it just came exactly went perfectly to everyone who listened this far i don't know how you did it but you deserve a clap yeah clap a little pat on the back maybe a kiss on the forehead we literally texted we were texting about some things and then hallie was like hey you want to do a podcast in 30 (laughs) minutes i'm like yes good and here we are yeah here we are and now you all (laughs) listened to two hours of that so thank you I'm going to listen to it again, maybe. Sometimes it's hard for me to listen to my own voice. Yeah, same here. But, I was just thinking about that. But I wish you luck with finding a title, Hallie. Oh, I don't know. <laughs> I'm going to sit on that for like the next like four hours. No, yeah, screen. you don't have to post this. And I don't know how long it ever takes you to to like like record and then post. But yeah, just do it when you whenever the title comes to you. It'll come to you. Right. And if you feel called for a name... I'll yeah, I'll on. tell you. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> all right. Well, I love you and I appreciate you and I'll I talk to you again too. soon. Bye-bye. Bye, Hallie.